the green and gold game is over. No! Now it's time for Green Bay Game Day Post Game, presented by Island Resort and Casino on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Stafford fires his pass. Intercepted by Russell Douglas for the touchdown. Rodgers comes back to the other side towards Lazard, who's got it. Down in bounds. Touchdown, Packers. Join the conversation on the Boda Box Wine Line. 855-616-1620. Now joined by Homer and Green and Gold Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher, here's Gabe Neitzel. No! will be joining us shortly. Welcome into the Green Bay Game Gate post-game show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Visit islandresortandcasino.com to book your getaway today and experience more. It's ugly, but it's a win for the Packers. In overtime, they defeat the New England Patriots 27-24 at Lambeau was Field. It, was it ugly? Yeah, it was absolutely ugly. Oh, your okay. fa- it was they, they had the largest point spread of the weekend in the NFL. They were favored mm-hmm. by 9.5 points. You were going up against Brian Hoyer. It then got worse for New England, and they went to Billy Zappi, who is their third-string quarterback, and you just ended up going to overtime. Okay. But you, you don't think it was ugly? Um, the way you thought, the way you presented it, you may have convinced me. I'm, I'm, I've said they're not New England anymore. This is not New England Patriots. Correct. This is, they're whatever else you are. They're the New England, uh, I don't know, something, uh, Federalists. Um, <laughs> and so it's Federalist just, papers coming it's your way hard soon. to feel ugly. Because Rodgers was so horrible the first half yeah. and came back in the second half really and then didn't do anything the first possession in overtime, yep. and the defense came through. So I'll give you it's ugly, but there were some parts of it that were good. Oh, without a doubt. And again, if you want to join the conversation, the Box wine line is 855-616-1620. Talk and text on 855-616-1620. Uh, once we have Tausch, we'll get to that Tausch opening statement of the game. We're still efforting the Packers Hall of Famer to join us. But the He's way... He's not taking the job at Wisconsin. I don't, I don't think so. I keep okay. seeing that, uh, that I mean, Jim Leonard's Leonard the is interim, the interim. But, yeah. but, you know, Tausch... Maybe full-time? At takeover starting next season. I mean, sure. he's got jobs now that fill his time. Um, no, uh, call, him, call him down for the Badgers booth to beat the man on the sideline? Yes. <laughs> I, I think he could be the head coach. I think he could be If he coach. wanted to, he could do it. Yeah. yeah. If he really right. wanted to, chances so, are he doesn't Sorry want to. to get an aside there, but it is an issue when when at this point, I, I, I was shocked that they would well, make a change now. It just tells me that Leonard was going to be the coach at some point in the future it had been decided why wait? Yeah, I, I think so. We can we can get Tausch's take on that as well. Yeah. Because for for news like that to break, and I understand this is the Green Bay Game Day post game show, but if you want to share your thoughts on that, because that is as big of a news as anything with Paul Christ being let go in the middle of a season, and yesterday was ugly certainly for Wisconsin, but for the Packer, or excuse me, for the Badgers to try to bury that during the Packers game as well. I mean, it's still going to be talked about plenty throughout the course of the week uh, as uh, Paul Christ is no longer the coach at the University of Wisconsin, but the Packers win 27-24 over the New England Patriots. And to your point earlier, when I, I called this ugly, and I'm going to stand by that this was ugly, I still saw some growth 
from certain players, right? And, and I guess the biggest player I'm looking at is Romeo Dobbs. Yes. Like, Romeo Dobbs, and yes, he, he I, thought, I thought it could have been a catch when they challenged it right before the two-minute warning at the end of the fourth quarter, a challenge that uh, Matt LaFleur ultimately lost. You know, he's got to hold on to that and, and go through the process of the catch. Sure. But it wasn't a Watson drop. No. No, right. it was it was a and tougher catch. How important is Randall Cobb? How important? Oh, yeah. There could be 40 receivers on the field. And with the game on the line at third down, how open was Dylan? And there's Randall. Aaron Rodgers, with the game on the line, is throwing to Randall Cobb. It's the guy he trusts. The guy we trust is a Packers Hall of Famer. He is our guy, Mark Tauscher. Tauscher, what's going on, buddy? Oh, any news going on? Anything happening um, in the... Last stretch here? No, um, not that I can really think of. I mean, if, look, and you're, you know, you, you're Mr. Badger as well. So if your opening statement ends up being about Paul Christ and the Wisconsin Badgers, that's your prerogative, my friend. But as as is tradition here on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show, the opening statement belongs to you. You might even get two tonight, if you wish. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... Ugly win, but there are no such things, as we've said many times on every alliteration of this show. Belichick, Belichick did Belichickian things. That team should not have been in the same mix as where we were today, but they were. And Green Bay, I think, for me being on the kind of the head of the bandwagon as far as this defense is elite, there's a lot of issues with this defense, we're stopping the run. So, all of that said, win is a win is a win. We'll take all the reaction. I'm all, my mind is all on Paul Christ and the Badgers program. I think what happened on Saturday was was unacceptable. And I give Chris McIntosh a lot of credit because it takes a lot of stones to do what he did. And now there's a new era of Badger. Looks like we lost Tausch there for a second. I'm sure we'll effort and get him back on here shortly. If you want to join the Green Bay Game Day postgame show, 855-616-1620 is the Box wine line to do so. Packers win in overtime 27-24. But again, there is other big news. And if you want to discuss that news, feel free to hit us at 855-616-1620 with the Badgers firing Paul Christ. Again, that news breaking uh, about an hour ago, right around 6 o'clock. Is when I would say uh, Adam Rittenberg is the one who tweeted it out from ESPN.com. He's the one who reported it. So if you want to react to that, feel free as well at 855-616-1620. No, I just don't believe for a second they would have done it the way they did it unless Leonard's the next coach. I have a tendency to agree with that. Because then, then it makes sense. We're going with him anyway. And maybe we thought it was going to be a year or two years, whenever. Yeah. Or everybody's been after him. But I don't, I don't think there's a decision to be made on who the next coach is. I think it's already been made. Yeah, I, I would have a tendency to agree there. So now he gets, seven, he gets games yeah. to be in charge, evaluate. Yeah, what's great here is you get him, you know, as long as it's not a total disaster, my guess is the job is his. You know, if things go horribly awry, maybe no, I, I think it, I don't think the, I think the job is his regardless of what happens. Well, no, you, you'd name him uh, head coach. If that was the case. So, no. Obviously, if you go interim coach, now, does that mean that he's not going to be the head coach? No. But if you're, what you're saying is true, yeah. uh, you name him head 
All right, we're having we're having some issues with Tausch. We'll try to shore up that connection with Mark Tauscher, and you can react with us. Aaron Rodgers, 21, 35, 251 yards. Aaron Jones goes over 100 yards rushing today. Alan Lazard, his first 100-yard receiving game of the season, first Packers receiver to go over that number as they defeat the New England Patriots, 27-24. Hit us up on the Boda Box Wine Line if you have something to say about the Green Bay football game. Call the Boda Box Wine Line at 855-616-1620 right here during the Green Bay game day postgame. Show Boda Box. This is how we boda. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or older. Boda Box Vineyards, Manteca, California. Also, want to tell you that we are brought to you in part by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. You can be a gold breaker at Potawatomi Hotel and Casino to win your share of one million in cash and prizes. Just play your favorite games Sundays through September. Catch all the football action at the Fire Park. Fire Pit Sports Bar, the ultimate Sunday fun day. Learn more at paysbig.com slash goldbreaker. Your reaction to tonight's Packers win, 27-24 over the New England Patriots, is coming up next on the Green, Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network, presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Gabe Nigel, Steve the Homer, True, and the Packers Hall of Famer. Mark Tauscher along with you to react to the Packers' 27-24 victory over the New England Patriots. Packers now 3-1 and before they pack their bags and head over the pond to play their first international game in London. That'll be next week against the Giants, who are also 3-1 and right now, by the way. Join the conversation on the Box One line. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into the program as uh, like Tausch it's just so it's so hard to try to figure out how exactly I feel about this I mean I, I called it ugly Homer pushed back a little bit early you kind of pushed back on that term as well no such thing as an ugly win but this thing was ugly at times yet I do still see some growth out of this offense as we continue to progress which is when I'm looking at it through the window and, and the perspective of I just want this team to continuously try to get better, so they're hitting their stride in Week 12-13. I think the offense was able to do that this week. I mean, I think the offense made, made some headway. It's still, I think, a big work in progress. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with calling it an ugly win. That's what it was. It was ugly, but it's sweet. Ugly wins are sweet, too. And when you don't play your best, um, I think that's a test of a team that understands you're going to win in different ways. So for this team today, defensively, I don't feel very good about it. Uh, offense- yeah, uh, I mean, offensively, again, Aaron Rodgers, he, he had the really bad interception. He played so poorly in that first half, Homer. It, but as poorly as he played in the first half, he played really well in the second half. No, he was great in the second half. And in, in overtime, the, the defense bailed him out in the sense that they get the ball first and – it's just three and out, and it doesn't matter because uh, they get it back again. But what could you find fault with the second half? He was uh, – uh, I just – I just uh, – we got to have Randall Cobb. We got to – I mean, he, he's on the team. If this – every time he does this, it makes me feel terrible that Jordy Nelson wasn't on the team in exactly the same manner. He would have done exactly the same thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a huge game in the stat line for Randall. Three catches, 42 yards. But 
Well, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe all three catches were third down catches for first downs. Right. No, they're I down. Think, I think they're that was, down seven points. Yeah. It's third and six on the 29. Randall Cobb for 24, and he was, I thought, double guarded. There was, and the ball was perfectly thrown, and he was in the perfect spot. Yep. Third down, game on the line. Throw it to him again. Like, they're down seven, he throws it to him. Tie game in overtime, throws it to him. Yes. He's, he's the guy he's looking for on third down. And I understand that some people are frustrated that when he locks on to Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb, but if those are the guys he trusts in clutch situations, and the the, the time he locked on to Lazard ended up in a pick six at the end of the first half today, and that makes it, you know, if he doesn't make that play and everything else plays out, and again, it's not the way it works in football, but if everything else plays out, the Packers win this game in regulation. So Rodgers certainly had a hand in the Packers being tied at the end of regulation, but he also had a hand in them coming from behind to win it. He was as good in the second half as... This right. in the second half of this game, as I think he's been all season long. And Dobbs is a guy. He's the guy. He's equal to them in his own way. Late in the game in overtime, you called it where they they seem to be run plays. Yeah. Well, th- those are the RPOs that he would always just throw out to. I mean, last year for the most part, it was um, Devontae Adams, and we've seen him throw him to other guys too. But those were run plays, the last two catches for Romeo Dobbs, where, well, instead of just running it up the gut for four or five yards, I'm going to throw it to Romeo Dobbs in the outside, and he got eight. Next play, they're playing off again. Nine. Oh, okay, boom. Let, let's just pick right. up a first Other down. Other than needing Cobb on third down, <laughs> <laughs> Romeo Dobbs is the guy. Well, and, He's and number one on the list So now. not only did he have the big catch that he eventually, you know, that he dropped, but before that, I mean, so first of all, Rodgers going back to him, obviously a good thing. Still trusts him. But to me, the ultimate sign that, hey, Aaron Rodgers trusts you, he threw a back shoulder to Romeo Dobbs against one of the top corners for the Patriots for the touchdown that Dobbs caught. Like, that is the ultimate way for me to say that, yeah, you, you, you're you the man. Like, he trusts you. Dobbs, for whatever reason, when you're he the doesn't... first rookie that he has been able to trust this much right. through four games in a season. When he doesn't care... Who's guarding you? Yep. Yeah, doesn't matter. I'm throwing back shoulder to you because I know you're going to make the adjustment and make the play. And he did. And it was a heck of a touchdown. And again, that was able to exist because of the third and six from their own 29 with 24 yards to Randall Cobb. But yeah, Rodgers knows what's going on. And for him, even if it didn't turn out to be a touchdown pass, for him to throw that pass... Would have said the same thing to all of us. That's how much he believes in that kid. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into the show. That is the Boda Box Wine Line if you want to discuss the Packers' 27-24 victory. Um, having just some, some quick issues with our phone lines that we're going to be... So, Paul, we're going to start with Paul and Madison. Paul, you're on Green Bay Game Day postgame with Homer, Gabe, and hopefully Tausch here in a little bit. Good evening, gentlemen. I am surprisingly calm tonight, and, and and I wasn't set up to be because my favorite soccer team lost to its biggest rival on the road yesterday because our two home games got taken away these last two weekends, the Vikings first and then the Packers next weekend. So I was all prepared to be in a mood today. And obviously the game in the first half was extraordinarily frustrating, and you're thinking, are we going to lose to a third-string quarterback and a mediocre team? But the bottom line to me is, you're right, the offense is going to grow. And you saw signs of it today. And if Dobbs holds on to that touchdown pass, it's a whole different ending to this game. Same result, but a more exciting ending. Um, 
and the defense isn't what we think it will be. But here's my question. Other than Brady, and I think the Rams are beaten up this year. They're not the same team. When you look at this conference, does Garoppolo scare you in the playoffs? Does Jalen Hurts? So, so here's the thing. A much better. It, team. That's a great point, point, Paul. In terms of does Garoppolo scare me? No, but at the same time, Garoppolo's also beaten the Packers two out of the last three years in the postseason. I I, I, un- I understand that, and they're a talented defense. But my point is, Gabe. Uh, the answer is everybody defense. scares you because everybody's capable of running the ball down their throat at any point of any well, time that, and, in any game. And, 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 so and you have to worry about everyone, Homer. That's it. But that's an October reality that can be corrected by the time yeah. we get to January. Yeah, right. My point is, it's still but, a quarter. It's you know, hold on. It's, we've been it's waiting a decade a for that to get league. fixed. I know, but it's still a quarterback league, and you got a forty-five-year-old guy. You got a. You got a. I think Stafford's going to be injured or difficulty this year. Hertz has never proved it. Jimmy G is Jimmy G, and and, and Kirk Cousins. I mean, that's kind. Of, and you know, and maybe Dak if the Cowboys keep playing well. You know, but. None of them scare me to death. Josh Allen would scare me to death. Patrick Mahomes would scare me to death. But that's a problem for the Super Bowl. And as, as much as I was the one three weeks ago who said, I still think 10 and 7, 11 and 6, and they'll get knocked out, I probably still believe that. But I can see a path here. And this game may be an important one to grow and get there, as much as how frustrating it was, and it was the Patriots with a third-string quarterback. I, you know, this offense is going to get better. And the two running backs are a big deal. And in the overtime, you saw that. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. Beat the Giants next <laughs> it, week. It feels like Keep you're it it, I, I hear you saying oh, you're okay, Paul, but I also feel like you're trying to convince yourself you're okay with all the arguments that you're making. We certainly well, appreciate but, but, the call. Gabe, I didn't, I didn't have the expectations this year. You know, sure. just didn't have it. So, so they're fine right now. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Can we put this on a poll? When you say is it, it's fine, is it actually ever fine? We appreciate the call, Paul. Certainly always appreciate your calls to Green Bay Game Day postgame. We go out to Larry in California, 855-616-1620 on the Box wine line. Larry, you're on Green Bay Game Day postgame. Yeah, Gabe Homer, uh, I just got to tell you, I'm not going to be like Paul and put expectations as to how this team's going to do this year because I'm not so sure right now. This game should have easily been a one a victory for the Packers. We all know why, because they didn't have any of their star players on the Patriots, and when you have a third-string quarterback coming in, you know, you're, you know you don't expect to see how well he does because nobody knows – what to expect out of him. But, you know, it doesn't matter if it was a Belichick coach team or not. It just shows that the NFL is evenly divided among all the teams that anyone can beat anybody on a given Sunday. It, that's just the bottom line. But the thing that I really want to talk about is that one play, and they brought it up, uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, and it was it's that, it's that touchdown pass with the clock expired at zero. And I told Homer last week, that Homer, they ought to have a referee up in the booth to buzz the referee when that clock turns to zero because that's ridiculous. He got a touch, he got a touchdown out of that whole call, and I just felt that if he hadn't gotten that touchdown, this game would never have ended up in overtime. No, it's easier than easier than that. Yeah, the the official has all these different gadgets, and you have one that, that tells him what the clock is when. And the buzzer, he 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 feels the buzzer or hears a buzzer, and if the ball isn't snapped. It's it's a delay a game. There's no there's a the, they tell you the rule is the judge or whoever it is he has to look up and then the 
Now, it should be it can be easily solved to where this stuff doesn't happen. That, to me, that's that, that's one where sure, if you want to be upset about that, be upset. Like it's it's happened in the league for so long, and I know. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is taking advantage of it. So right. to be mad in this one instance that it went against the Packers, when in the past it's definitely gone for the Packers, and it's one of those things that you know, like we went through this last week, you know that there's a possibility that even though it hits zero, the delay game penalty is not going to be called. In fact, I would say more often than not, when it hits zero, because they don't want to throw the flag, they want the penalty, they want the the play to be able to go. So is the play clock 40 seconds? Technically, yes, but it's really like 40 and a half to 41. Yeah, you're surprised when it's called. Yes. Not surprised yeah. when it isn't. 100%. That, that, and that's just kind of the way, I don't know, after watching the NFL over the last decade or so, that's, that's just kind of the way that those calls certainly have gone. 855-616-1620 is the Bodabox wine line. We're still going to effort to get Tausch, maybe over the phone for just a segment. Still have to hear from Jason Wildey as well. And we want to hear from you as the Packers defeat the New England Patriots 27-24 to in overtime to advance to 3-1 and on the season. Green Bay Game Day postgame show is brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Light, crisp, and refreshing, and ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste, barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly 2022 Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, St. Louis, Missouri. 855-616-1620 is the Box Wine Line. We hear from you coming up next. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day Postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. win 27-24 over the New England Patriots. 855-616-1620 is the Bodabox wine line. You can join the program with myself and Steve the Homer True as we are now joined by the Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher. He's going to continue to help us break down the Packers 27-24 victory uh, as uh, Tauscher kind of been cutting in and out uh, since that opening statement that you made. But again, I just kind of see some growth in that second half out of this offense. 17 points in that second half. You can push that up to 20 if you add the overtime period. But with Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs and the way that the two running backs played, I really like the way the offense looked in the second half, despite Aaron Rodgers playing one of his worst halves of football that I can remember in the first half. Yeah, I, I think you have to look at what we saw in the second half and feel like, all right, they're taking, you're making some strides with Romeo Dobbs down on the bottom of the, you know, the bottom of the screen, and you you see that, I guess, back shoulder touchdown throw, and you just start seeing some things that I think Rodgers is going to be happy about. And it's nice. And I, I heard Homer talking uh, earlier about Randall Cobb and how important he still is and what he brings from a trust standpoint. But there are a few plays, obviously that third and seven to Cobb where they got the penalty and that third and 10, I thought that play to Lazard early in the second half was critical because New England was gaining so much momentum and you're down and you make that play. And then all of a sudden you get things rolling again. So, offensively, while the first half was really, really, I mean, uncharacteristic, I thought the offense made those steps. And if you're just looking at this thing holistically, you feel really good about two-thirds of your team right now. You feel like your offense is going to – and this is not against some schlub of a coordinator and defensive coach. This guy, you know, Belichick, I thought 
outside of being way too conservative at the end in overtime, you 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 didn't go for the gusto. Otherwise, I thought he 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 really did a masterful job of confusing and making it really difficult. And this offense still made some really good strides in the second half. So I agree. I think offensively, you feel like we're just getting started. And on defense, I think you have to start looking at why are we so vulnerable to getting run on? Because that's the part. You have you have a third-string quarterback that nobody thinks can throw it, including the New England Patriots offensive staff, and you still gave up that much in the second half. That's the part. If you want to be negative, Nelly, that's where you can really hone in and say, this defense has a long way to go, longer than I think we all hoped, where the offense still has a long way to go, but you feel like it's building in the right direction. It was just like against the Bears in terms of the run defense. I mean, there's no, yeah, reason, I to, there's no reason to believe that any team can't run on. The only, the only reason yeah. we think teams can't run on is because they choose not to run. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean – I think I looked at that Bear game in a little bit different mentality just because the game was, you know, it was Green Bay had put up points and you got ahead, and I think you're a little more vulnerable to doing it. This was a dogfight of a game the whole way. It was always within a score, and you don't have the threat of a running quarterback. You don't really have any threat of a passing game, and you're still giving all that up. That's the part you know, as a Packer fan that you're really disappointed in seeing because that should be, that was such a one-dimensional operation that they were running and you didn't have any, your answers were limited. So that's the part that's disappointing. But, you know, I want to be optimistic and I do want to look at Christian Watson making his mark. I think he's going to see more and more. And obviously Romeo Dobbs, he's got to come down with that touchdown catch. Otherwise we don't even worry about overtime, but all in all, I think you love what you get. Aaron Jones looked like the best player on the field tonight. So you, you love all of that. There's still some leakage, and I think offensive line-wise, you're still getting guys that are trying to kind of get settled in. But inconsistent, yes, but I think the opportunities that you're seeing from a growth standpoint showed up in the second half, and that's what you're hoping to build off of. Tausch, when you played, what did teams do to make it difficult? Because when you played, you guys had one of the premier backs in the league in Amon Green, and more often than not, you guys ended up having success. But what did teams try to do in order to slow that down? What are some things that the Packers can do to try to slow down teams' rushing attacks? Well, I mean, I think the first thing is you you look at putting bigger bodies in, and you, you try to come up with different you know, there's run stunts, there's run blitzes, there's some other things. But I think and with Jair Alexander not playing, you would think that you'd maybe go with some bigger bodies. I, I think we've gotten so uh, let's get in the backfield and be disruptive, which I love. But you still have to have that integrity of where your gaps are. Because to me, looking at this, you have two linebackers in the middle of that. This isn't you know, the Blake Martinez era, and nothing against Blake, but that, that's where all of that criticism came from, where you have four and five yard, you, he's dragging guys down four and five. You want guys to be, I think, the aggressiveness. I think the fact that we've gotten beat on so much play action, I think that, especially after game one, has kind of softened some guys up and they've played back a little bit. So I think there's some different, uh, you know, there's some different formation stuff that you can do, but you have to you, you always, every coordinator that you ever hear will come in and say, initially, you have to stop the run because the only success that Zap or man, when Hoyer was in was the play-action pass game. That was it. 
And if you take away that run and you don't worry about the play action, that makes things even that much easier to do. And that's what I think is so frustrating about what we saw tonight. Talking with Mark Tauscher as the Packers defeat the New England Patriots 27-24. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the other offensive line play for the Green Bay Packers as uh, we saw some extended action for David Bakhtiari tonight. But Elton Jenkins looked like he was struggling a bit um, against Matthew Judon. He ended up having a sack to Judon, also had a quarterback hit. Just kind of seemed like he was getting around Elton Jenkins. What do you see from Elton when you see him play right tackle? Well, I mean, I think, A, he has, you know, he's played on the left side for a lot. He, you can have a ton of excuses. He's still not rounded into where Elton Jenkins was playing before he got hurt. So you can look at all that. I think it's really difficult and when you play O-line. You can have, you know, let's say they played 75 snaps tonight. You can have 70 good snaps. And if you have four or five bad ones, I don't think it wasn't like Elton was a leaky faucet all night. He gave up a couple of plays. They happened to be at big points, obviously, when Judon got the sack and then the big play where he kind of leg-whipped A-Rod and then old boy came around and drilled him. So I think there's just a getting back, getting your feet underneath you. Uh, I will tell you, I don't think anybody over there is overly concerned about what Elton Jenkins is doing out at tackle. I think there, there there was some leakage tonight, but in the grand scheme of things, I think David Bakhtiari, he got beat a couple times tonight too. There's, there's a getting back and getting some reps and getting more and more comfortable when you're both coming off of big knees. So I'm not worried about that. I think it's you can pick and choose. And, and as you mentioned, Gabe, those are both big plays in this football game. But anytime a defensive lineman makes a big play, and Matthew Judon, it's not like he's chopped liver over there. No, he's a good player. He is one of the, he's one of the higher-paid guys. I think he came from Baltimore. They expect him to be their Rashawn Gary. So Rashawn Gary probably won that battle tonight, but those guys – as we say in college football, those guys are on scholarship too. They're going to make some plays. Tausch, how do you feel about the team heading into? I mean, it just next week is going to be such a weird week because it's nothing that any Packers player, while well, a member of the Packers, has ever experienced going over to London and playing a game. I, I just don't yeah, even know well, how you they mentally should win approach that game that. on the moon. I don't. They can play it underwater. Well, I mean, the moon. You, then you got to start. You don't even really know how. From a weight standpoint, yes, no, that's correct. Under, uh, yeah, underwater, they, they Although, should win I mean, the game. If, if they were going to play a game on the moon, I think Aaron Rodgers would be the most analytical quarterback. If anybody could throw in zero gravity, I think he'd be the one to figure yeah, it out. He'd figure out the gravitational pull and he'd do everything else. But I'll say, I think obviously there's going to be a lot of unique challenges. There's a, you're, you're going over early. You're going to get acclimated. You're playing crack early over there. You're going to try to get the, you know, you're going to try or over here. You're going to try and get the time change and. Maybe you talk to Barry Alvarez about, you know, the sleep patterns and getting guys to sleep on the plane and all. You're going to analyze this thing to death. But what would be concerning to me is you're going to be facing one of the elite running backs. And Saquon Barkley is back being healthy. I think he's looked good. So uh, you would think that this is a game just like I thought today would be a lot easier than it was. I think I, I maybe underestimated the Bill Belichick factor a little bit, but you're thinking, yeah, I'm kind of with Homer. You should win this game. I don't care if you're playing it on Jupiter, Pluto, wherever it's going to be. I mean, they have all the you same problems to deal with that you do. Sure. Yeah, what absolutely. With the Giants. Yeah, in terms of yeah, in terms of the travel and everything, it's just it's something unique that nobody from the Packers yeah. has ever experienced because they've never done it before. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's like anything else. When you're, it's new to you, and especially in football and professional sports, you're so used to kind of being that uh, you want everything regimented. You don't want to have things throwing you off. And the good thing is you have a lot of veterans, Mercedes and A-Rod and all these older guys. It's just, it's going to be a business trip. You're still going to mix, you know, go meet up with the king or whatever things that you all have planned. But it's all about going and winning the football game. And I think that is not going to change. And I think with what we saw tonight, you saw a really poorly played game by your four-time MVP that I think when you look at this grand, from the grand scheme, you don't win this game in most seasons. You're not built. And the fact that the defense didn't play well, I, I maybe New England's better than I thought. I don't think so. I think New England is a very flawed football team. They don't have any weapons. They're pretty nondescript. But they have a fantastic coach that I think found a way to get a game plan together to keep it close. And then Aaron made a couple uncharacteristic mistakes. And when you do that, you give a team that isn't as good as you an opportunity to win. And luckily, the defense rose up and made a stop when they needed to, got the football back, and you finished it out the way you're supposed to. So now you have two New York games that both teams are not great. And I know the Giants are going to come in 3-1 and one and everybody's going to – but you, you can tell. They are the same – they're going to have the same issues as the New England Patriots. Their quarterbacks, both of them left the game today. They had to go to the Wildcat for the vast majority of the fourth quarter. You don't know how soon Daniel Jones will be back. So Green Bay is sitting for not playing its best football to be in a position to go, what, five, six, and one. Yeah, they should be six and one. On the schedule. Yeah, they're going to be six and one. I, if they won tonight, which they did, uh, even though they played the way they did, I would be shocked if you lose any of these three games. It's because you didn't prepare and you didn't execute the way you needed to. There isn't anything these teams can do. If you play your game, this should be a 3-0 and stretch coming up. Tosh, we appreciate it, man. We look forward to talking to you next week. It'll be an early edition of Green Bay Game Day postgame show as the Packers are going to be taking on the Giants. That one kicks off at 8.30 a.m. Central. more thing about Chris? Because I... Oh, yeah, I'm just shocked. I, that's not how Wisconsin rolls, I didn't think. Paul Chris has been a fabulous coach, and if they wanted to make yeah. a change, I would have thought they'd made it at the end of the year. And this is yeah, – there's no Paul way Wisconsin has ever done anything like this, I think, in any sport. Yeah, I don't – I can't remember. Obviously, um, Dick Bennett retired midseason. Bo Ryan retired midseason. You know, that was more, I think, from their point of view, not from Barry or Pat Richter making yeah. that move. But I think Chris McIntosh, you know, I think anytime you take over an organization like Chris did, I think you look at it and you say, all right, when things aren't trending, you, you, want, your, you want your own person in there. And I think obviously the conversation that Mac had with Paul today, and if you read on Wisconsin Badgers, they just put out a – Mac just put out a press release. I think that figuring out moving forward – I, as a the biggest Badger fan and someone that's always trying to find the glass being half full, you could not look at this schedule the rest of the way with how we looked yesterday. Because people are saying, well, Northwestern stinks. Well, did you watch what we put out yesterday? Did you see what we put out against Ohio State? Was Okay, it's Ohio State. But then what you saw yesterday, I think, really made people look and say, we're not going to be better than anybody if we play what we did yesterday. So then you're starting to look, if you lose to Northwestern, then do you fire Paul? If your mindset is made up and this is the direction you're thinking about going, and then you have conversations and it's kind of reaffirmed, 
I, I don't think you're doing anyone a favor by just letting someone drag out a season that gets off the rails. You're giving your kids a chance to get some new energy and a kind of a rebirth for this season, trying to make a bowl game. And, you know, you never know what that coaching change can do. And with somebody that I think is as well-respected as Jimmy Leonard, you don't know. This could be a spark that gets you. This schedule is not murderer's row, but we're not murderer's row. And I think that's where you can look at it and say, let's see how this goes. Jimmy Leonard has never been a head coach. Let's see how he handles this operation before you just snap your fingers and say, all right, Jimmy Leonard's going to be the next coach. Let's see how this next six, seven weeks goes. So there's probably more to it than I think everybody kind of understands. But you don't look at, at Chris' record? I mean, come on. But yeah, yeah. you know what, Steve? Yeah, you look at his record and you say, man, he, he just had a fantastic run yes. up until the COVID, when the COVID year hit, 2020, we had a clunker of a year. Everybody was excited about the Illinois game, Graham Mertz. That season was not good. And then when you look at last season, yeah, we had a couple of tough losses, but that was not up to, I think, when you look at how we played and the fact that Braylon Allen was just a breath of fresh air and kind of saved what we were doing, and you had an elite defense last year, at least against average to below average teams, that kind of solved a lot of those issues. And he kind of was like a Band-Aid. And you're seeing a lot of the same issues. And the fact that you're seeing more penalties and you're seeing things that are so uncharacteristic of what this program is built on, that's what you're looking at. The record is great, but you don't get paid on past performances in the NFL. You don't get you get a benefit of the doubt. I think Paul probably got a little bit of benefit of the doubt for his first six or seven, for, uh, five or six years here. His last two or three years, I think he would tell you, has not been up to what he had hoped to see. And then you factor in Graham Mertz's development and some of the other stuff that you're seeing. What we saw yesterday, I don't know if I've ever seen fans and everybody more dejected. It wasn't a, this, it wasn't a I'm mad, I'm angry. It was a feeling of, oh, this is just who we are now. And when you get that feeling, and I'm sure Mac felt it from people that are emailing and getting talking with him, that's what you can't have. You can't have a malaise when you're dealing with college football. College football is all about passion, and it is all about you know production. And when you don't have either, it makes it really tough to move forward. So you, you get a chance, and I agree, this is not the way typically Wisconsin does its business, but this season has gotten away, and it is a new era of football. And when you make a move like this, you're trying to salvage – this season because obviously if you felt like you could turn it around and salvage it with this schedule but you start looking you're not going to be favored against michigan state you're not going to be favored probably when you head out i don't know what the northwestern spread will be but when you start looking at the rest of the schedule i don't know what game you feel great that you're going to win at nebraska no i don't feel great about that so that's why you make the change you hope that this gives you that spark it gives the kids kind of that new energy and it is a rebirth for the rest of the season. And we'll see, I think you'll get a good look at Jimmy Leonard and how he goes about his business. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And again, as I said in my opening statement, I'm not sure how much it was, how much came through. The, the tough part is, is you know, that Paul Christ, anybody that's going to say a bad word about Paul Christ as a dude and as a human being, and as he loves his players, it was always, that was always the important part for him. All of the other media and all of the other stuff wasn't – that wasn't 
he didn't. I think he'd rather not do any of it. And in today's day and game, when you're struggling, you need to have that added juice. You need to have that enthusiasm. And when that's not there and you're losing, it makes it tough to continue to proceed. Tosh, we certainly appreciate the time, man. Look forward to hearing more of your Packer and Badger takes tomorrow morning on Wilde and Tausch from 9 to noon on ESPN Wisconsin. Sounds good. Mark Tauscher, part of Green Bay Game Day post-game show right here on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Simple, smooth, and every sip as easy as the last. Tito's handmade vodka tastes as good with tap water as it does with your favorite mixer. Back in the day, Tito distilled, hand-bottled, taste-tested, sent to a few friends, then taste-tested again to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff. Just Tito's. Recipes, videos, and more. Visit Tito'sVodka.com. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. 855-616-1620 is the Botabox Wide Line. We get to your calls as the Packers defeat the New England Patriots in overtime. 27-24. Next. This is Green Bay Game Day Post Game with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Presented by Island Resort and Casino. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, clean, and crisp tasting on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. One six one six twenty is the Border Box wine line. If you want to join the conversation of the Green Bay Game Day post game show presented by Island Resort and Casino, Gabe Neitzel, Steve, the Homer True, we are with you up until nine o'clock, and then on ESPN Wisconsin, which is ninety four five ESPN in Milwaukee and one hundred point five ESPN in Madison, there is going to be a special edition of Wisconsin College Game Day is, again, the big news of Paul Christ being relieved of his duties at the University of Wisconsin. Jim Leonard going to be the interim head coach for the Wisconsin Badger football team for the rest of the season. But here we're talking about the Packers' 27-24 victory over the New England Patriots at Lambeau Field in overtime, 855-616-1620. We send it out to Sean in Sun Prairie. Sean, you're on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show with Homer and Gabe. Hey guys, how's it going? What's up, man? Um, the only thing that's going to stop this team from uh, making a big run in the Super Bowl is going to be the coaching staff. Lafleur uh, is too concerned about cheerleading on the sidelines, and if he wants to sit there and puff up the crowd, that's his prerogative. But then go take a set of pom poms and go somewhere else. I thought he called a terrible game. I think the defense uh, is stacked with talent and the only reason why they're underperforming is because Joe Barry's our coach which is Matt LaFleur's pick for coach which he had no resume to take that job so I I think the the coach is holding this team back at the end of the day how does he win all uh, the games he's won the talent on the field I mean when you got the quarterback playing the uh calling the plays and having Devontae Adams it's it's easy um but when you have the talent on the defense and you let a third-string quarterback almost run you uh, out, of the, out of the game tonight at home, I, I don't understand that. And those guys were wide open. I mean, the quarterback was throwing air under the ball to the point where a, a fast DB should have been able to pick up on it. But there was no one there. Yeah, and and so, but the so run def- that, that's where I think that maybe the defense isn't as talented as you think it is and as everybody tried to tell me it maybe was during, during the, the, the postseason, excuse me, during the offseason. 
But I, I think there are some deficiencies, especially along that defensive line. I think this team certainly has speed, but if you can't get in the right positions, then then that speed does you no good. And granted, Adrian Amos going out certainly didn't help things today for the Packers, so that meant Rudy Ford ended up getting some more time at the safety spot. But I've got some questions about the defense, certainly. Yeah, I would buy that, but I mean... Uh... I just don't I don't understand how the coaching can be bad and everything's bad and I mean you can say that maybe when you get into the postseason. Sure. As to whether or not how are they playing late in the year. But as far as they just he just always wins. It's not easy to avoid the kind of upsets that occur every week. We can go through the games and yeah, the the, the to me the season is gonna base be based on the defense's ability to be as good as it can be and not just get run over. And that teams run the ball well in playoffs, which games are closer. And um, I think that's going to be the, that bothers me more than anything else. I think the offense is, it's just better. Uh, I mean, Dobbs is huge. Dobbs, they now have, he has options uh, that he can go to now. Yeah. So the other thing about Matt LaFleur, I think you certainly could ask some questions after after they ran six plays, 50 yards, touchdown, all running plays. And then they passed. To come out and go deep to Christian Watson, A.J. Dillon up the middle for two yards, deep to Alan Lazard. I agree. Now, some of that, some of that is also on Aaron Rodgers because it's not like there's just one route on any given play and Rodgers decides to throw deep. But after you've had that much success running the football to kind of go away from it. But in the second half, touchdown, field goal, touchdown – you know, I, I just don't, I have a hard time criticizing the way they came out in the second half, especially when that's when we've been critical of Matt LaFleur and the Packers offense so far this year, where they've been able to produce that's early. A great point. And then here in the second half, they, they come adjusted. out and they score 17 points in their first three possessions in the second half. I, I think that's good for the offense. That's the one thing that we've been mostly critical about throughout the course of this season. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into the show. We go to Bill in Racine. Bill, you're on Green, Day, Green Bay Game Day postgame. Thanks, guys. Don't know whether you have brought this up about the uh, fraud of the play clock. You know, in, with the technology that is available these days, why can't they come up with a buzzer vibrator that's worn on the hip of the guy that's calling it, and when it gets down to one, it goes to buzz, so he doesn't have to watch the play clock and then look over at the quarterback and see whether the ball's been snapped. It, the clock had already slipped over to 40 for the next play, and they hadn't snapped the ball yet. Yeah, it's it's something that I know a lot of Packers fans have certainly been frustrated with, Bill. But I, I, for, for me personally, it's just I know that's something that can happen. I've seen it work out in the favor of the Packers. Certainly, it could be something that the NFL looks at going forward, but they haven't decided that it's that crucial to this point yet where they've made the decision to all right, we're going to put this buzzer on this guy's hip so he can just keep his eye on the ball. Once he feels that buzzer, then it's up to him to throw the flag. I just, I, I've seen it work both ways, so I, get, I don't get that upset when I see it go against the Packers, even though today certainly was a crucial time for it to go against them. 
But that's just how I feel. Homer, how do you feel about it? Do you think that they need to change this across I, I the just, NFL? I just think it's so easy. I just think you have all, you have the the head official with all these things attached to him. I just don't think it can be hard to have somebody with something attached to the clock so that that official hears a buzzer, feels a buzzer, and if the ball hasn't been snapped when that goes off, then then there's a penalty. But um, clearly I'm wrong that that could be done that easily or they don't consider it that important. They're comfortable with what's being done. And as we said, we're surprised when it's called. Yeah, I, I think it, you, if you wanted to fix it, I think you could have fixed it yesterday. Yeah. Like it's, it, I think it's a super – I mean, everybody should – oh, you just have a buzzer on the hip. Like, yeah, I, I, if you can have a clock that's flashing down – like in the NBA, the clock is attached to a buzzer that goes off. So you're telling me that that clock can't be attached to a different buzzer, that it doesn't make a sound, but you can feel the vibration on your hip as the official. Right. The, the, if the NFL wanted to fix it, they certainly could. It's just something that they haven't deemed important enough. And if you're frustrated with it, I get it. But it's just one of those things that, again, it's it's worked out the Packers' way, especially the way that Aaron Rodgers likes to run down the play clock to try to get as much information from the defense as possible. It's gone the Packers' way a few Anything times. Anything that's screwed up as far as rules benefits the Packers because Rodgers will take advantage He'll of figure it as out much a way. as yeah. anyone. He'll figure out a way, just just like he almost got the Patriots. He got a free first down today from the Patriots because the Packers decided to go for it. Bill Belichick wasn't sure what they were going to do, try to get some late substitutions in. or They didn't get the free first down. Belichick ended up using the uh, the timeout, but the Packers certainly were able to use, as Rodgers does, the rules to his, his advantage. Please remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now, samilwaukee.org. Packers win today, so we ring the bell. It's presented by Salvation Army. They defeat the New England Patriots 27-24, and Green Bay Game Day postgame show is brought to you by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Light, crisp, and refreshing, and ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste barley rice hops and water pick up bud light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer enjoy responsibly 2022 anheuser-busch st louis missouri uh packers win 27 24 we continue to take your calls we continue to read your texts on that Boda box wine line 855-616-1620 next welcome back to green bay game day post game on the tundra trio radio network presented by island resort and casino with gabe homer and tausch Game show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Gabe Nigel, Steve the Homer True, talking about the Packers' victory over the New England Patriots 27 24 in overtime. 855 616 1620 is the Bodebox Wine line, and we are going to be talking about who we thought the man was today. But first, we are going to take a couple more of your calls at 855 616 1620. Let's go ahead and go out to Tory in Columbus. Tory, you're on. Green Bay Game Day postgame show with Homer and Gate. Hey, hi. Uh, I I want to talk about the uh, you know uh, Dobbs touchdown catch. You know, I remember yep. Trell Owens, um, you know, stepping out of bounds, and uh, my dad was like, "Oh, he caught it." And I'm like, "No, the new rule, he didn't control it." But when you catch the ball, you make two steps, your knee goes down, your elbow goes down. 
and then you lose the ball in the end zone, mm-hmm. how isn't that a touchdown? I mean, like the pylon, if you just touch it, yep. you're good. You can fumble it out. So I'm just saying that rule, everybody, every football fan thinks that rule needs to be changed. Am, am I correct? Am I out of line? Um, I, so, I thought it was changed. Maybe I'm wrong and it wasn't changed. And in the end zone, you have to complete the process. I The NFL has made what a catch is so complicated over the last 15 to 20 years. I have a hard time keeping up with what is and what isn't a catch. It, it becomes America's favorite game where it becomes a coin flip whenever somebody challenges what is and isn't a catch yeah, in the NFL Yeah, my answer anymore. is always when you lose control of the ball as a catch, yep. it's not a catch. Yeah, it can be five minutes, five days, five weeks, but you know you can have three steps and then roll and then get up and then fumble the ball and it's not going to be a catch. I'll I'll accept the few times I'm wrong, but because you explained it well in terms of the elbow, yeah, and control, because mm-hmm. he had control, he had so versus the ball starting getting loose before, yeah. So again, the way I thought that they had changed because. It always had to be, you had to control the ball through the process of the catch. That's how the Packers, back in 2014, ended up beating the Cowboys when Des Bryant tried to reach for the pylon and the ball popped out. So because he was going down, he had to complete the process of the catch. Despite him taking all that steps, he had to control it through the ground. And you believe, and he did not. with Dobbs, the elbow yes. completed. So, Again, if, if we're playing in 2014 rules, to me, that catch by Dobbs is not a catch because you have to control it through the process. But they changed that rule a couple of years ago. So, yes, I thought once you made that football move or took that third step, once you have two feet down and that right elbow hit before the left elbow came down, to me, that made it a catch. But through the eyes of the NFL and the officials today, apparently it wasn't a catch and maybe it's not a catch and... I've I've given up. I think I've officially given up on what the NFL constitutes as a catch because it seems to literally change on a weekly basis from crew to crew, despite, you know, New York having a say in the replay process now. It's just I, I, I have no idea what to make of it. Yeah, whenever whenever you, you think it might not be a catch, it's not gonna be a catch. Yes. A hundred percent. All right, let's go ahead and head and get to it. Who do we think was the man? Who was the man in the green and gold game? It's time to find out who the man is. The man is sponsored by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. Homer, who you got? This is hard. I mean, I I remember Tao saying that... um, you know that Aaron Jones was the best player, but Lazard had 116 yards, uh, and then and then Rashawn Gary is like he's the man. He's really good. He's the man. <laughs> it's like whenever, two more sacks today. Yes, and how many other times where he's creating the pressure? Yes. He's creating. Yeah, he's just wreaking havoc in the backfield. So uh, I I kind of want to go with Rashawn Gary, but, but I can't. I'm I'm not going to be able to defend it. Somebody else can come up with some uh, because there are certainly others. But I, he's like the man. There's, you just expect him. Um, you, you expect him to put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Or when there is pressure, um, he's going to be the first one or close to it and part of it. So there were certainly things I wanted to see from the defense this year 
because there was a lot of projecting going on when it came to how good this defense was going to be. And one of those projections seemingly was how good was Rashawn Gary B? Was was he going to take that next step? I know Tausch, during the offseason, on Wilde and Tausch, kept calling him elite. I'm like, man, he hasn't had double-digit sacks yet. He's not there. He's certainly taking... The, like As good as everyone thought Rashawn Gary was going to be during the offseason, he's been that good. Whatever the Packers' issues are on defense... He ain't part of the problem. Because there there were a couple of times where he would then chase down a running back come, when he would be unblocked from the backside of the play and limit to whatever the running back would get. So I I, I, I would certainly see Rashawn Gary. I, I really want to say Aaron Rodgers because he played that well in the second half, but you can't throw that bad of a pick six in the first half and have me call you the man for the entire game. So Tau said it, and I agree with him. Aaron Jones was the best player offensively on the field today for the Packers. 16 carries, 110 yards, 6.9 average. His, his long was 20. I mean, Aaron Jones has had some games where he has a long run of 75 or 60, and that obviously boosts the numbers at the end. When your long is 20 and you're averaging 6.9 a carry, there were a lot of really good runs that he had throughout the course of the game. And I am saying that Aaron Jones, to me, was the man. I I want to put a plea in for the Old Man Award. (laughs) There's some recognition of Randall Cobb. A guy that thought that that I I thought he was just on the team because he's Aaron Rodgers' friend. And it's clear that when Aaron Rodgers has a friend who he thinks can still catch it. Like, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. You tell... Jordy Nelson to get ready for next season. He can help the team next season. He's got to get in shape. He's got his farm. But Randall Cobb was so huge, and he can't win the man, but the old well, man. For me, he's not the man. For you, he's not the man. But for Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb on third down, he's, he's the man. The man. Especially on third down. 855-616-1620. We still have to hear from that quarterback. We still get to hear from Jason Wildy, And we get to hear from you on that Boda Box wine line. 855-616-1620. That is all coming up next. But first, I do have to tell you about Tito's, hand, Tito's Handmade Vodka. It's America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage built his very own distillery and put his life savings into it. Since then, he's won the unanimous Judge's Choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition, the Chairman's Trophy for World's Best Vodka Tonic, and many others. Tito's Handmade Vodka is still made on the same land where it all started in Austin, Texas. Distilled from corn and gluten-free. Visit them at titosvodka.com for recipes, videos, and more. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely for 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. We hear from you at 855-616-1620 as we continue the Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resort and Casino next. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day Postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? No, I ain't happy yet. But I'm way less sad. No reason to be 
pretty sad today. Packers come out victorious against the New England Patriots. It did take overtime. It was a little ugly, but they ended up winning 27-24, and one now on the season for the Packers as they will pack their bags and head to London next week to take on the New York Giants. We're taking your calls on the Box wine line, 855-616-1620. I'm Gabe Nidsell along with Steve the Homer True. As you react to the Packers win, that takes them to 3-1 and one on the season, 855-616-1620. 1620. We go out to Carson in West Bend. Carson, you're on the Green Bay Game Day post game show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Hey, I got a question for Homer. Yes, ready. When's the last time Rogers threw a pick tutty and when is Dobbs going to do his job? Uh, Rogers, I think, has three or four pick sixes. Four. I can't remember the, the last, last one, I believe, was 2020 against the Buccaneers in that 38 10 yeah, loss. Which is so few. We'll go through a list of of the number that people have. It's amazing he has as few as he has given as long as he's played. And you were ripping on uh, Dobbs? Dibs? Well, he had a drop in the end zone. Also had a catch in the end zone. Yeah, come on. You I don't can you agreed, you agreed, tell agreed, me agreed. No, no, the, the key is do you not agree that the biggest improvement, the most important improvement that has occurred with the Green Bay offense is Dobbs. How good the no, offense can be. All night. I agree. I was told to say it, Homer. <laughs> he was told to say it. What are you, what are you is this a hostage situation, you need, you Carson? Need, you need smarter people <laughs> telling you what to say. Carson, you are you in a hostage situation? I got a Tunyon jersey. I'm happy with Tunyon catching one. There you go. But what the hell with Dobbs? He yeah. caught a touchdown pass that was impressive. Yes, he should have he should have caught that all one, right, but all right, but he went five, he went five for eight. I want eight for eight every week. Oh, <laughs> yes. well, if, is if your friend Jerry Rice? Is, if if the <laughs> expectation is perfection, like he was last week in catching all eight, that's re- incredible. Targets. Given, remember when everybody said Rodgers won't throw to rookies? Yep. Huh? Remember that? Well, let's start mentioning that because that needs to be factored in to tell you how good he must be. Yeah. So even though he had that all drop right. on the other side of the two minute one, on you know two o two left in, in regulation. Rogers still went to on those repass on those RPOs where instead of handing it off because the guy was sinking off, he flipped it out to Romeo Dobbs. That, to was, me, their, that was their passing offense in the overtime. Yep. In the overtime drive that got him the game winning field goal. To me, that tells me that tells me everything I need to know. That Aaron Rodgers game on the line. I need to get. Well, I can just flip it out to Romeo Dobbs. Like he certainly trusts Romeo Dobbs. Right. Other than when it's third down. Well, yeah. I mean, then there's only <laughs> Sorry, one person. Sorry, Romeo. There's only one person he trusts. That's right. There's only one person who's the man, and that is Randall Cobb. Uh, we appreciate the call, Carson. 855-616-1620. Let's go out to, uh, what do we got here? Connor and, Wada- and Tosa. Connor and Tosa, you are on Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Oh, we uh, do not have Connor anymore. Uh, we will take, uh, let's go to Mike in Green Bay. Mike, you are on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. Hi, guys. Uh, a couple questions and an observation. We're coming back from the game. Uh, one, it was they, they did show the replay of, the, of Rogers' pick six, but was that just a terrible pass? I saw, We saw that the uh, receiver fell down, but it looked to us, like from where we were, that it still would have been a pick six, regardless of whether the receiver fell down or not. Yeah, so it was just it was a great play by the defender for uh, for New England, Jack Jones. He he broke on it. So it, it, and 
Tony Romo did a great job of breaking it down. But Jack Jones broke on that throw before Aaron Rodgers threw it. Like, he started breaking right before Rodgers threw it. He read the out route. Rodgers was trying to get rid of it in a nice little timing fashion to get it out to Lazard. And Lazard, I think, just kind of fell down out of shock more than anything else that the the defender had already undercut him on the route. It was a great play by Jack Jones to know what was coming and be able to jump in and read it the way he did. Yeah, I mean, that's what it looked like to us. I mean, it looked like it would have, like, he just totally recognized it immediately, yep. and Rogers was under pressure and just gunned it up, and it was a shock to everybody. It was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go in for a touchdown and uh, take the lead at halftime, and it was exactly the opposite of that. So one other thing, one other question, um, when Rogers was trying to uh, snap the ball quickly and the Patriots player, like, knelt down, was he actually really hurt, or was that uh, Bill Belichick again? Um, you know, masterminding, you know, a way around the rules or a way around Rogers' ability yep. to, you know, to snap the ball. That um, that was the Patriots kind of, that that's how you defend that. You go down and you don't have to waste the time. <laughs> I mean, if it's under two minutes, you have to waste the time out. But if it's, you know, if you're not under the two-minute warning, you don't have to waste the time out in that situation in that, hey, we're not ready. We have too many men on the field. We're not lined up. We don't have the play call we want. Yeah. That's something that yeah. a couple of guys have done, I want to say, over Aaron Rodgers' career, but not many. But clearly Bill Belichick's one that, hey, this is how we stop this. Well, well join that club. People in, the sta- people in the stadium were just booing very, very, very vociferously <laughs> oh, over that. Understandable, like, man. If I was there, heard? I'd boo it too, but at the same time, yeah, I kind of respect yeah. it. Yeah. And then the observation, you know, the, the at the beginning of the season, everybody was talking about a strength of the Packers defense being the, you know, the front, the defensive front. I'll tell you, they got pushed around today, and it's like, where was Kenny Clark? Where, you know, where were the rest of these, you know, massive guys that they brought on? These big immovable objects. They were getting pushed around like ragdolls today. Yeah, that's to me. In the past, whenever that happens, it's Kenny Clark is being doubled or triple teamed, and the other guys just can't win their one on ones. And that is an issue that I don't believe has been fixed. Um, and it's been an issue in the past. It's crept up a couple of times already this season, once against the Bears, who had a really good running game against the Packers a couple of weeks ago at Lambeau Field, and it happened again today with Damian Harris and Stevenson, who just had tremendous games for the Patriots. They averaged over five yards a carry and 167 yards on the ground. It is the, the biggest concern for me going forward is can the Packers stop the run, especially when they have to, against a team like San Francisco, against a team like uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once they get healthy, against a team like the uh, Los Angeles Rams with the running backs that they well, have. Well, you get in a close game. You get in a playoff, and this somebody can control the game, control the ball for four or five minutes and score, and Aaron Rodgers has yet to score on the bench. Yeah. Yep. 100%. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into the program. Uh, let's go out to... Uh, what do we got here? Uh, who's on uh, Who's on line two there, Max? Okay, let's go to John and Oshkosh. John, you are on Green Bay Game Day Post Game Show. Hey, uh, just a ugly win for the for the Packers, but um, I'm glad we got it done. It was just tough to watch, honestly. When my uh, but we had the whole family crowded, and we were just all yelling in that pick six. But I mean, as as poorly as Rogers played in that first half, pick six, and you know, he played that well in the second half, right? He made up for it, and I'm I'm glad he did because you know, 
That would have been a uh, terrible family gathering. That would have been horrible. <laughs> yeah, but getting a family gathering together and having the Packers lose to no, a uh, third-string quarterback would plays like that, they're going to take blame for it, and the group will never get together ever again. That's true. That's true. And then the person will say, you just ruined our family. We're never allowed to come and get together again for a game because Aaron Rodgers played like that, and it's clearly our fault. 855-616-1620 is the number to get into the show as we go out to... Uh, I, I also want to hear from anybody who thought Rodgers has lost, you know, the first half. Like, oh, he's yeah. getting old, he's lost. No, I, I saw so many of those tweets, yeah. and I'm like, no, come on. Like, we saw him play last week. Yeah. Come on. No, he, he's fine. Brian and Madison, you are on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show. 855-616-1620 is the Butterbox Wine Line. Hey, guys. Um, I, I mean, I do think special teams are still a problem. I mean, punting was not our strong suit today, and I still think it's going to come back to haunt us. I mean, you're right. Rodgers played better in the second half. but You're actually wor- – hold on. Better. I want to make sure. You're worried about the punting. I am. I am. Wow. I guess when I was watching I the game today – you can't care enough about punting to worry about punting unless a punter gets him blocked. A punter's most important well, job is holding on the for the field goal kicker. But if I'm going to rate punters, and I don't normally watch them, I think the Packers have a really good punter. But I'll defer to anybody else who actually studies them because I think they're all the same just as long as you don't get a block. But I wow, right. I think well, that Mason Crosby's happy. And uh, punt, uh, Gabe, you can be, between the two of us, you can be the punting expert. At no point did I want, sit there and go, oh, this was a really bad punting game. Like, he had the one where they downed it at the one-yard line. Yeah. I know that, I mean, the, the Patriots had a kind of a decent return. I mean, it, it wasn't as good as last week, but like last week was a historic week in terms of being really good for punting. I, I didn't think it was a detriment to the team at all today. I thought and it was a pretty was great. average nope. punting game yeah, in the And in NFL. the second half, when the game got going, nobody punted. <laughs> and the game was good. They had, I think six, would we have six straight possessions yeah. or something where they scored? Like at no point did I worry about the Packers Five. punting game yeah. today. It's just nothing that, that, that just certainly yeah, nothing you gotta, across you gotta find mind. something else. You're, if you're worried about punting, the other thing to worry about is if you punt too much, because that means yes. your offense stinks. Yes, like last week, a lot of punts, a lot of opportunities for Pat O'Donnell, because guess what? Packers offense stunk last week. Bad last week. This week, it was fine. Yeah. Well, as I said, there was that stretch that you didn't like the defense giving up points, but there was a stretch where everybody was moving the ball. The first half was almost like last week, where they, they each team had like six possessions. Uh, but in the second half, they they both got it going. We are going to hear from the quarterback. Oh, yeah, the pick six. Is that going to be the qu- first question? I, I, we'll see if he addresses it That early. would have been mine. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up next on the Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resort and Casino. You're listening to Green Bay Game Day postgame with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. Presented by Island Resort and Casino on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Defeat the Patriots 27 24. It's the Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resorts and Casino. Let's go ahead and hear from the quarterback. It is presented by Ridgetop Exteriors, where customer service is our number one goal. Check them out at ridgetopexteriors.com. 
QB1 for the pack opened up by talking about the ugliness of today's win. Feel great, 3-1. That feels great after that first four-game four, four game stretch. And, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, win's a win. That was an ugly first half, good second half. But, uh, yeah, we're going to celebrate this, and now the schedule gets uh, physically demanding as far as travel. Does, um, does quality of win matter at all? I mean, going against number three. Uh, matters to the coaches because then they can really pick on certain things to uh, emphasize. But, uh, you know, every opponent's different, and then we all match up differently, you know. Bill's, you know, a great coach. He had a great scheme. The guys made some plays. But I felt like we got into a rhythm in the second half with some of the play calls. I settled in and uh, usually don't have two terrible halves. So kind of return to the form I expect for myself, and and we started moving the football. What do you kind of say to yourself in the locker after, after the first half you had? I mean, what what goes through your mind? What do you kind of say to yourself at that? It's clearly you've turned it around from that point forward. Uh, I've been a great player for a long time, so not a whole lot I need to tell myself. Uh, just play better. You're done. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, what was the cat and mouse you were going with um, between how they were playing, at least their safeties, and then you would take a deep shot every once in a while? Were they running their safety down? Were you getting one-on-ones? What was the reason? They were funneling a lot to the, to the middle, so we needed to take some shots on the outside. And much like last week when we stalled against man coverage, a lot of the opportunities were outside the numbers, so we needed to take some shots down the field. Had some opportunities. I underthrew Christian on one. Uh, obviously, Romeo had a chance to uh, take that one all the way to the ground. And then had a couple others where we just, you know, we're a little bit off. But we need to take some shots, and we're going to continue to take some shots if we're going to see a lot of man. Karen, I'm not one to Romeo just before the two minute warning. What did you see? Do you think that was worth the challenge there? Do you he could have saved you a timeout and given you more time at the end? Yeah, I know Matt feels bad about that. So. <laughs> Uh, they lined up in their zero pressure. So we're in empty formation. They have six kind of in the box. We had a plan for that. I checked to a, a different play. And when I checked, they checked out of it to one high. I kept the routes, the original routes on, which was goes on the outside. And I was looking left on the corner of my eye. I just felt like Rome's was running past him. Now, a little bit of wind, I'd probably underthrown by about a yard. Uh, but to me, it looked, you know, I was celebrating. And then Matt Judon was standing next to me, and he goes, he dropped it. <laughs> I was like, really? What? And then they showed the replay, and you got to take it all the way to the ground. How much credit does the Patriots defense serve to? Yeah, I mean, they played, they played well. They did some good things. I felt like we blocked them up pretty good, though. We had 440 plus yards of offense. Um, but yeah, they always give Bill credit. He's a hell of a coach. You had a pretty lengthy embrace with him at the end of the game. What does it mean to you to have that relationship with Bill? And can you share anything that was said between you guys? Nope. But cooler than that is before the game, he came over and, and we shared some words. It's nice to be able to have some private conversations from time to time.
and he came over. We were in throwing lines, and we had a nice embrace and, and shared some words back and forth. Um, you know, the, the truth is always the easiest to say. So the things I said about Bill last week I meant, you know, the way that he coaches and, and his success he's had. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal leader and always has his guys ready to play. And, you know, that was some of the sentiments I'm sure that I echoed. And the rest I'll leave to some of the stray microphones that probably caught some of it. Along, along those lines, there, does it mean something extra to beat him? I mean, this may be the last thing you're facing, you know? And you guys are obviously two of the legends of what you do. Yeah, it likely is the last time. So a lot of respect uh, for Bill. Nice to beat him. That brings us to Tom. Two and one, although I played a lot in 06. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a pretty day at 06. Uh, I think I completed four passes for 33 yards. Um, Tom checked me on that one, but a lot of respect for Bill. He's he's a legend and deserves all the credit that he gets. You, did, you, said, you said in Minnesota week one that the patience with maybe young guys making mental errors would wear thin as the season went on. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed with 84 there was one time where he was lined up wrong. It seemed that maybe Josh snapped the ball a little too late when you were guys were trying to get an extra play. Where is the patience level with some of those, and did you feel that there were too many of those today? I heard they caught maybe something I might have said to, to Tyler. Um, those are private conversations. <laughs> Listen, uh, simple things like right and lefts. Like I'm, I'm not judging here. Every now and then, I might, you know, think I said, you know, right, and it came out of left. But, but, I know for a fact I was right on my direction at that time, and Tyler lined in the wrong spot. The play is a very simple play. It's his play for that week, so that's why I was a little bit upset about that. But I apologize uh, to Tyler and only to Tyler for that. What I said. Josh sometimes snaps the ball a little bit to the right, and I have no patience for that. But I love Josh. You've uh, you thrown a lot of passes. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you there? No, no, no. Um, <clears throat> that's only the fourth uh, pick six that you've thrown. What did you see there, and what goes through your mind when that happens? Do you really want to know? I do. <laughs> I've thrown four pick sixes, and at least two of them on that route. So those are frustrating. I mean, I almost missed the throw so badly he overran it. That would have been nice. If I throw the ball, you know, where I was supposed to, he probably picks it right in stride. He kind of had to catch it behind him. But it's frustrating, for sure. Uh, I felt like before the game, I even said it, hey, I don't, you know, I think the only people that can beat us are ourselves. You know, I felt that last week, even though Tampa's a great team. and So 7-3 there, as ugly as it was, to go into halftime, 7-3 is obviously better than throwing a freaking pick six and being down 10-7. So yeah, I had a little conversation with myself. Might have had an assist from David Bakhtiari in the locker room and went back out there and played a little bit better. Aaron, on, the, uh, on Dobbs' fumble in the first drive, was that throw where you wanted it? And does the good he does make you able to live with plays like that more? Yeah, that was not a good throw. Nice catch by him. I almost wish he dropped it. Uh, but I actually kind of screwed up that one in my head 
uh, when I was when I was calling it and tried to adjust adjust it. Actually, made the right adjustment, but threw the ball much more inside than I wanted. Uh, he just you know he needs to uh, just take the ball to the ground. You know, that, we know that team is real good at punching the ball out. But look, Romeo's growing. He's making some plays. Hit him twice in that last drive, so obviously I have confidence in him. Uh, went to him on the key third down with two minutes left in the game. So I'm not going to lose confidence in him. Obviously, we'll hold him accountable, but he's a great kid. And I threw a third down back shoulder fade to him for a touchdown. Uh, let's see. I got- yeah, I think that says it all. Exactly what we said, yes. Yeah. And I, I'm just amazed that the discussion of Rodgers just isn't going to throw to kids. You know, young, which was justified. Yep, because he had never really done it before. Right. So that he's doing it with someone Rodgers has not changed. This is, it's funny because if you go back and look at Brett's career, you know, he he focused so much on Sterling early, but even rookies, it took them a while to get going. You know, it took them a while to earn, I think, that trust with Brett too. Now, it was a different time in the NFL, and I don't think rookies were as immediate contributors as they've become, as some have become. Right. Where, you know, part of that being the the kind of offenses they now have yes. in so many schools in college. Sure. But the only one, I mean, even Javon Walker, as you know, he's he's famously put up there as the last wide receiver the Packers had taken in the first round. It took him two or three years before he had that big season with Brett Favre. The only one was Greg Jennings. Like Greg Jennings is the only one with Brett and that came in later in his career. And now we might be seeing Aaron Rodgers, Greg Jennings, in terms of not a first-round pick, but somebody who clearly has his trust in Romeo Dobbs. The injury recap is brought to you by Orthopedics, uh, Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. The big injury today for the Packers, Adrian Amos, did not return. Head injury as uh, he, he, he walked off the field, did not return. Hopefully he's okay. Have to wait and see what kind of scouting report, or excuse me, what kind of injury report we get on him throughout the course of the week. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin, there is a difference. Visit orthowisconsin.com today. We have to get to our difference-making player of the game and tell you what the drive of the game was as well. That's all coming up next in the Green Bay Game Day post-game show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day post-game on the Tundra Trio Radio Network presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch and sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. An ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Over the New England Patriots, 27-24. It is the Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resorts and Casino. Gabe Neitzel, Steve, the Homer True. It is time to go over our drive of the game. Which drive set the tone for the final score? The march down the field that made the difference. Rodgers. It's time for the drive of the game. Presented by Boucher Automotive Group. They ride with you every mile. Visit them today at Boucher.com. Homer, your pick for drive of the game. 
I think the overtime because I don't think you can assume anything given the first time they had the ball. They it was three and out. So uh, I picked the drive of the game because you liked everything about that. They ran the ball and ran the ball, and when they didn't run it, I'm deferring to you on those. Uh, I don't follow that note as well as the RPO, but it was clear that those easily could have been. So the game's on the line, Yep. and you ran the ball the way everybody's wanted them to run the ball, and when you didn't run the ball, it would appear that they thought that they were going to run the ball, that is, uh, the opponent. Um, and then you have this young wide receiver that Rodgers believes in enough, and the drive was easy. Yeah, so they started at the 10, ran for three yards, and to me, the only actual designed pass play was then to Alan Lazard for 22 yards. Right. Dylan run. Dylan run. Uh, he did pass, excuse me, third and one was another designed pass play because that's when he hit Randall Cobb, even though A.J. Dillon was wide open, and I thought that's where he was going to throw the ball, but then he passes to Cobb. RPO passes to Dobbs, RPO passes to Dobbs, Dylan run, Dylan run, Dylan run, Dylan run, Crosby field goal. And everything you've said about this season, they need to run the ball, but to run the ball and then be able to do other things with an additional wide receiver, not just third down Cobb, not just Lazard, now you have another guy. So when I say drive of the game, I'm actually going to go to the drive that tied the game for the Packers. They're down 24-17, nine plays, 75 yards. To me, this is one that's important in terms of the growth of the offense. Because you do have that third down completion to Randall Cobb, of course, third down pass completion to Randall Cobb for 24 yards. But you also have on third and three from New England's 13, Aaron Rodgers brought it up in his postgame presser, back shoulder, third and three, touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs for 13 yards. Like he's throwing you back shoulder on third down into the end zone. Tells me everything I know. I need to know what Aaron Rodgers feels about you. And then Aaron Rodgers confirmed it in his postgame press conference. He has faith and he trusts Romeo Dobbs. I can't argue with it because in reality, it was a time in which you thought they could lose the game. Yes. You didn't think they were going to lose the game, you know, but the thought had crossed your mind. Yeah. And then when they scored, you you felt like, all right, they're fine. Yeah. I think they're, I'm hoping there's enough defense. Well, you know, even and Rodgers was playing so well the whole second in half. In the second half. I mean, they throw the pick six. You know, Rodgers throws the pick six at the end of the first half. And it's 10 7, and you're going, okay, whatever. They come out, score a touchdown right away in the second half. Okay. They give up a touchdown, 17 14. Packers kick a field goal to tie it at 17 17. At no point am I worried there. Then suddenly New England goes down 66 yards on seven plays, and they take the 24 17 lead. You're going, yeah, the old 10 yards of play. Um, wait, what's happening right now? Wait, now the Packers are losing in the fourth quarter? Okay, they better wake up. They better figure it out, and they did, and eventually win 27 So he gets a fourth quarter comeback. Yes, he does. Aaron Rodgers gets yeah, a fourth quarter. Two. <laughs> yeah, gets a fourth quarter comeback for this one. Uh, we also have to pick our difference-making player of the game. Who had the biggest impact in today's game? End zone, wide open, touchdown, Aaron Jones. Packers on top. It's time for the difference-making player of the game. Rodgers goes back to the other side towards Lassard, who's got it. Touchdown, Packers. Presented by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Your pick for difference-making player of the game, Homer. You'd give it to Aaron Rodgers all the time. Um, Wow. It's the same way. Um, 
I feel like whoever I pick, you can you'll have a better one. Um, the difference making player. All right, I'll of the go game. first because you're going to call me crazy for picking this. No, I'm not. I'm but not I'm because not. I'm going to go a little off the board for this. And this is a player I have pointed out. I think he's just a guy, but he made a play on second and five in overtime. So the Packers punted away, right? They punted away. They end up. Uh, New England gets a good punt return. They bring it out to the midfield marker, yes. right, right around midfield, and then on first down they run for five yards, and you're going. Oh, man, here we go. They just need to get down to about the 35-yard line, attempt about a 52-yard field goal, and this one's over for the Packers. And then Dean Lowry makes a tackle for no gain, makes it third and five, makes New England decide they have to pass the ball, and Zap has to rush it out, tries to get it to Hunter Henry, incomplete pass, Packers get the ball back. So I'm saying Dean Lowry for stepping up and making a play for no gain because if he doesn't do that, even if New England gets just a yard or two, they probably run it and right. they'll but are the, you also the chance of getting up. He didn't do anything else or didn't do much the whole game? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying for all that right. one, the entire season, Homer. All right, like Dean Lowry has not been impressive the entire season for me, but for him to make that play, like if anybody makes the tackle, that's who I'm pointing at as the difference-making player of the game. Because after they pick up five yards on first down, I'm not thinking the Packers are getting a stop, and he made the play that they needed somebody to make. Okay, and then I'm going to pick Dobbs because I think the ability to for him to have the role that he has, the role that he has isn't possible given the history of Aaron Rodgers. It just isn't. Now, only Aaron Rodgers can answer if, because of the situation with wide receivers, it gives Dobbs greater opportunity. But you can't deny the facts and not recognize how good he is or has to be for Rodgers to do what he did today in the various situations even though he had the possible drop in the end zone. I I now think in any situation, other than probably third down, that Dobbs can do what Rodgers needs done. 100%. And I, there's nobody else on the team The, the like most that. impressive thing for me for Dobbs is the way that he's climbed the ladder. Because yeah. how many we've seen so many people be impressive in OTAs and minicamps, right? And be a guy that stands out. And you hear guys like Jason Wildey and Rob Domofsky talk about him. And then... Not everybody transfers over and makes those same splashes in training camp, but then he did. And when he was on the field during the preseason games, he looked different. Like He stood out when you're watching those preseason games. You know, okay, not everybody can make that transition from preseason games to regular season games, but he stands out. He stands out, and he continues to climb that ladder and make plays for the Packers, so that one's hard to argue with as well. Green Bay Game Day postgame show is presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager since 1982. Light, crisp, and refreshing. Nice cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Brewed with four simple ingredients for the highest quality taste, barley, rice, hops, and water. Pick up Bud Light during your next visit to your favorite local retailer. Enjoy responsibly. 2022, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. We hear from Jason Wilde. After the Packers defeat the New England Patriots 27-24. Coming up next in the Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Welcome back to Green Bay Game Day postgame on the Tundra Trio Radio Network. Presented by Island Resort and Casino with Gabe, Homer, and Tausch. And sponsored by Bud Light. Light, crisp, and refreshing. And ice-cold Bud Light is waiting for you. Your key to inside the numbers, inside the hash marks, and inside the locker room. All Packers, all the time. Packers reporter Jason Wilde is on Green Bay Game Day postgame. Brought to you by WPS Health Solutions. Visit OperationFanMail.com to nominate an active duty service member or military veteran for recognition this season. He is our 
our friend. He is our teammate. He is Jason Wilde, joining the Green Bay Game Day postgame show presented by Island Resort and Casino. Gabe Nigel and Steve the Homer True with you after the Packers defeat the Patriots 27-24. Good evening, Jason. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, doing great, my friend. Uh, what was the uh, reaction from the locker room after the ugly 27-24 victory? Uh, Aaron Rodgers saying that this is not a uh, sustainable way to win, which I thought was... Uh, pretty telling and pretty honest. So I, I asked him that uh, at the podium after the game, and at first he said winning is sustainable, but after he got into his answer, I, I thought it was really interesting that basically, look, uh, they beat a team that is struggling and was down to its third-string rookie quarterback, uh, and they certainly were in a position where they could have lost to a 10.5-point underdog. I understand Bill Belichick's a great coach, um, but this is not. This was a game. Aaron Rodgers said they had to win, and they did. No matter how ugly it was. Explain the pick six. Because it never happens. Yeah, yeah. Not only did Rodgers say it was a terrible throw, but he said uh, if he had thrown it a little worse, uh, he might have thrown it far enough behind Lazard that uh, Jack Jones wouldn't have been able to intercept it because it was so far away from him too. I mean, it was just bad. It was it was a it was a huge, it was a terrible throw. Right. So how did it happen when it never happens? Did he not see what he normally sees? Being perfect. Well, no. Yes, he's perfect at not throwing pick sixes. He's thrown three others. Yeah, and he's played a hundred years in the league. Come on. Right. But they still occasionally happen. Right. And so, and, and he did make sure he mentioned that two of the four that he's thrown were because of poor routes. That wasn't the case today. He just threw a crummy ball. And let's be honest, he threw several crummy balls, right? I mean, there was that one throw into the left flat to Christian Watson, who is six foot five, and he needed to be about eight feet tall to catch it. Like, he had some bad throws today. Um, I don't think there's any other way to, to put it. And, and, you know, we are so accustomed to him not doing that that, yeah, your reaction is exactly what. Uh, our reaction was up in the press box. Like we just, you know, we just don't see him do that. But it was, it was a, it was a terrible throw. But like his throw to Dobbs on the fumble was a terrible throw too. Like as he said, I wish he would have dropped it. He made a great catch to even catch that ball. So, you know, look, he's he's 38. I don't think there's been uh, in any way like significant drop off. But you know, sometimes uh, at Father time being undefeated as he is, sometimes you just throw crummy balls as a quarterback, and that's what he did on a few plays, including the pick six. Jason, we've had a couple of calls that were complaining about the play clock expiring for the Patriots. They end up scoring a touchdown. Could have been a delay of game penalty. But this is something that the NFL has known about. This is the way it's officiated. And to me, the NFL doesn't care. And that's why they haven't really addressed the situation. The Packers' run defense, on the other hand, has been this bad for a very long time. Is it one of those things that they just don't care about it, which is why they don't really address it? Well, first of all, going back to your point about the Play clock. You see how he did but, that? I took two parts of the game and I combined them to one yeah, overall point. Well done. You, you know, you do a, you do an outstanding okay, job. Okay, I just uh, want to make sure you noticed. I want to tell you you're brilliant because I know Homer needs to be told needs to tell people <laughs> that on Twitter. Um, look, first of all, on the play clock, I mean that was a I thought that was egregious. 
Sure. Right. Like there's times where it's a beat and you, and, and it's close that, I mean, the touchdown wasn't close. I mean, the 40 was already up on the clock before he had for the next play, which automatically happens before he'd snapped the ball. Like, I, I don't know how they missed that. Like I understand bang, bang once Rogers has taken advantage of it for years. Uh, that was, that was egregious. Uh, in terms of their run defense, like one of the things, you know, again, the group of us that sit together in the press box, like, look, I don't think Devondre Campbell's playing very well. I just don't like, he's the first team all pro who was a difference maker for them. And I don't think he's playing that great. I don't think their front is playing very well. Like they, you know, they're playing again, a third string rookie quarterback, you know, they're going to run the football and they still were powerless to stop it. Now, the question that I would have after they watched the tape, because I think Tom Silverstein from the Journal Sentinel was the one who brought it up, I'm not sure they did a great job of adjusting, there's that word again, when the Patriots kept bringing in uh, the, the extra offensive linemen to serve as basically a blocking tight end. Like, how many times during the course of the game did we hear number 61 as reported as eligible, right? Um <sighs> And they didn't go to four down linemen. They didn't really seem to know what to do with it. And it obviously worked against them. So, you know, look, I asked LaFleur at the end of the press conference, and I get that it's hard to play defense in this league, even against offenses that are struggling. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, for as much hype as this defense received, uh, and they did have a pick six, so that counts in the scoring. But against this group, I mean, even if Brian Hoyer, had played the entire game, uh, the defense did not play well enough today. And they got three consecutive three and outs in crunch time, two in the fourth quarter, and then the one in overtime. But for a group that was being touted all off season, and we were all part of it, that conversation, for a group that was being touted as one of the best in the league, I haven't seen that. I've seen them uh, get gashed against a one-dimensional Bears team that ran the ball on them. I saw them almost blow a game when Tom Brady, as great as he is, had no good wide receivers on the field. And then today, you know, uh, Baylor Zappy almost zapped them. So, Bailey, sorry, Bailey, Bailey Zappy. Like, it's just they have that group, for what they've been advertised to be, has not been as good as expected. And if their offense is not going to be as dominant as it has been in the past, their margin for error is not very big. All right, Dobbs, just whatever you want to say about Dobbs. He's the man. He goes to – Rodgers goes well, to him. He's, you've, you've got 90 seconds to talk about him, by the way, Jason. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's the man who is, who is still a boy who's growing into a man as an NFL player, right? Like he – you know, he, it's a spectacular catch. There's no doubt about it. But it goes down in the, in the books as a drop on the touchdown, Right. Like, he makes that play, and his day is a spectacular success. And he's still, he's still been very good, no doubt about it. But, you know, Roger said he pulled him aside after, you know, late in the game or whatever and said, I'm still going to keep coming to you, um, which is good because he should because he's, the, the, he's their best threat in terms of the passing game, clearly, and he does things that other guys can't. But, you know, he is a young player, and we saw some examples of mistakes that – that young players make when the lights are brightest. Jason, we appreciate the time. Look forward to hearing more of your thoughts about the Packers game tomorrow at Willie and Tausch, ESPN Wisconsin. It all starts at 9 a.m.
Uh, it might be something else we have to talk about tomorrow, too. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. And they're talking about that on ESPN Wisconsin coming up next on 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. 100.5 ESPN in Madison it is a special Wisconsin college game day to discuss the firing of Paul Chris. Smooth, simple, and every sip as easy as the last. Tito's handmade vodka tastes just as good with tap water as it does your favorite mixer. Back in the day, Tito distilled, hand-bottled, taste-tested, sent it to friends, and then taste-tested again to give you the finest juice around. No frills, no flavors, no fancy labels, just the good stuff, just Tito's. But distilled a bottle of Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. This has been Green Bay Game Day Post Game Show.